As we started that, that worship song, that's the way we want to, that's our heart attitude this morning. Come Holy Spirit. Could you maybe right where you are, there is a little bit of distractions around us, right? Let's just come Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to see. Soften our hearts. Bring the truth. Set us free. Set us free. Set us on fire. Come and do a miracle inside of us. Come, Lord Jesus. So uh, last week I preached about um, you don't have to. I don't have to, but I want to. And I spoke about it's our response to Jesus. Is we don't have to do anything for him. I want to. Jesus is the one who has done everything. And my response to what he's done is that I want to respond. I want to serve. I want to love. I want to lay down my life. I want to surrender. I want to give it up. I want to serve Jesus. And that is the way that a Christian responds. And then this week, I wanted to preach on this. I want to, but how? Has anyone ever felt like that in their walk with God? Please be vulnerable with me. Uh, my hand is up. Has anyone else felt like, I want to serve you. I want to do the things you want. I, I want to, I want, but how? Like I get it wrong all the time. I, 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 one week I'm like, yes, God has called me. And then the next week I'm like, I don't know if this Christianity thing is for me, to be honest. I feel like it's how we started our time of worship. How do we do this? It's by His Spirit. It is impossible. And His Spirit is not a goosebump in worship. And His Spirit is not this overwhelmed feeling of emotion. His Spirit is so much more than that. It's the way that we make decisions every single day. It's the way that we decide what we're going to do with our lives when we go somewhere and what we're doing. So I'd love to just lay this out for you this morning. Uh, even though I said I wasn't going to preach out of Romans all the time, kind of turns out I am a little bit. Um, sorry, disclaimer. But it's okay because it's the greatest book ever written, literally. And so I would love to read this to you. And I want to... I want to first explain to you why you need saving. What do you need to be saved from? What, what is it that the Christian needs to be saved from? What is so important about what Jesus has done? Because basically, and, and it's not the traditional. Right now you're going, he came to die for our sins on the cross so that we can be established in a relationship with him so that if we confess in our mouth and believe. Yes, but no, there's more. I want to make this so practical about the way that you live your life every single day. And it's like this. When you were born, and I'm going to use an example, and then you're going to see the same example in the Bible. When you were born, you were born into a sinful world. You were born into a relationship. You were born into a marriage. You were born into a marriage, and this, you, you have no choice. Adam sinned, so we sinned. We're born with a sinful nature. And so God gave his people to show them how he wanted to live. He gave them what they called the law of Moses, the law. And the point of the law was that the law was to show us that we need a savior. Because do you know what the most difficult thing about saving someone is? Somebody who doesn't want to be saved. 
I don't think they need saving. And so the law was here to show us, you suck, humanity. The law is here to show you that you, right now, in your seat, without Jesus, suck. I'm going to read a scripture that literally says, you cannot please God without the Spirit of God inside of you. And so you are born into a natural state of sucking. And it's a marriage. There's one way out. Death. That's the only way out of a marriage. And so let me describe your husband. Okay, I want to describe the husband that you are married to called the law. There is this law that is there to keep you and show you how you ought to live. And this is the relationship that we have with God before we accept Jesus. The only relationship with you have is with the law. And it's like this. This husband is always right. That sucks. You know, for most of our wives, the saving grace for them is that even when we think we're right, we're often wrong. Can you imagine being in a marriage where your husband is always right? When he says, you're wrong, you did this wrong, you should do that better, you shouldn't behave like that, he's always right. He's never wrong. Here's the second aspect about this incredible husband that you have. He doesn't lift a finger to help you. You're always wrong. You should do better, and I'm not going to help you do better. You need to do it on your own. It's a you problem. You can't even save yourself. You can't, you're trapped. You can't get out. I'm always right, and I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to continually show you what you are doing wrong. It's the law. But there's normally like, this is the saving part. Do you, this is the part that gives you hope, right? You're going to know his other attribute. He's always right. He always points out what you do is wrong. He doesn't lift a finger to help you, and he is never going to die. Ever. Isn't that fun? You are stuck being pointed out, continually told, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, I'm not going to help you. That is the relationship that you have with God. That's the relationship that you're born into having. It's with the law of God. It, It consistently shows us how wrong and how desperately in need of a savior we are because he's not the law's not going to help you you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that you mustn't do this you shouldn't do that you can't do this you did that you did that you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong 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 so most people then just go la 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 and live how they want that's what we read in romans it says eventually people just live to the whatever they want because they're just trying to drown out the constant noise of We know that we desperately need a Savior. And so it describes us in Romans 7 verse 1. And it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law only applies while a person is living? As long as you're alive, the law applies to you. For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive... Uh, sorry. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And she does not commit adultery if she remarries. People think that this scripture is given to teach us the laws of marriage. It's not. This is an example. 
There's no way out of this terrible relationship with this terrible husband that nobody wants but Jesus. Because when Jesus comes, he dies. And you too can get out the marriage by dying. By giving up your rights. By surrendering your life. By saying, I die to my desires, to who I am. It's I'm dying with Jesus. And in doing so, you exit your relationship with the law. And you get given this new husband. You come into a new relationship. A relationship with the Father who is loving and kind and merciful. And he convicts you of what you do is wrong. And he gives you his spirit to help you not to do it. Okay, that was the little intro. Is that okay? I want us to understand that you desperately need saving. You desperately need saving from the law of God. Not even just the world around Most of us think, oh my, my goodness, if I look at the world around me, I want out. I want saving from this world. That's not even what the big drama is. This world sucks. Well, that's not even what you need. You need saving because of who you are. Not because of everything else around you. Is that good? Agreed. We're okay. Cool. Now we can get into the good stuff. Promise. So we want to. I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. I want to serve him. I want to live my... If you don't, this isn't going to apply to you. If you don't want to serve Jesus, this won't apply. But you're going to see what happens, and there's this different desire. So I want to, but how do I do it? I understand people say, you must just die to yourself and, and live for Christ. And you're like, I understood three words you said, and none of them make practical sense right now. Are you literally telling me to suicide, like die? What are you, what are you saying? We can be so Christianese in the way that we read our Bible. And so my hope this morning is I want to take this little piece of Scripture and open it. And I'm trusting for the power of the Holy Spirit to come, that we will be set free and that we would know and have the freedom to follow him in the way that he wants us to. So Romans 8 says this, for all of us who've died, and that's why I wanted to start here, for all of us who've died in the marriage to the law, if you have given your life to Jesus, this is your hope. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, this hope doesn't apply to you. I'm sorry. You are still in that relationship with that husband. And it sucks. But it says, but now, so in Romans 8 verse 1, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. If you're out of that relationship, you don't live with condemnation anymore. You don't live with this 18-wheeler cargo load of sin and shame and damage and the way that you've lived your life, that you unhitch that lorry when you get saved to Jesus. And not only do you unhitch it and are forgiven, there is no more condemnation for it. It is taken away. Is it just me? That's, I don't know about you. I had a massive lorry. Do you not have noticed? Those who realize how much they needed saving from Jesus would say, they love much. How long was your trailer? How much do you love? There's no more condemnation for us. And because you belong to him, the power 
listen to this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. The life-giving spirit, the way that we follow Jesus, the way that it feels to be a Christian, life-giving. I don't like donkey Christians. I struggle with donkey Christians. What is a donkey Christian? It's a Christian with a very long face. Mm. It's tough for me. It's tough to sit with somebody and then moan about all the stuff that's going to be burnt up. It's tough for me when we complain because, hello, you have been set free by the life-giving spirit. Okay. I'll take it. He has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Every decision that you make outside of the Spirit of God leads to death. The law of Moses, the law we read about, the husband we read about, was unable to save us. Why? Because of our weakness, our sinful nature, our desire to do bad things. You have it. I have it. That desire to drink and get drunk, that desire to spend all your money, to climb the ladder, to build a name for yourself, to be somebody, to that sinful nature, that desire you've been set freed from. That thing is the reason why that husband was so terrible. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we have. Jesus had to come in our body, in our vessel, like us, to show to us, to make a way for us. This is like the foundation of our faith. But do you know what I see? Whenever I'm sitting with people, helping them through things, they haven't got it wrong on understanding the gifts that God has given me. We get it wrong at a foundational level. I walk with Jesus. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. I want to tell you this. And I can do it today because it's kids' ministry. I've done a lot of pre-marriage counseling. I've done a lot of weddings. I have yet to meet a man who hasn't been involved in pornography. The stats would say 96% of of the men sitting here are involved in pornography. The stats in some way, shape, or form. Everyone's like, yeah, sh- sh- who are those other 96? <laughs> Unlucky for them. That sinful nature. I'm just touching one that I know applies to everyone. It's not even just men. It's definitely not just men. It's a massive, it's, uh, I, I, I preached in a congregation, a university congregation, and uh, a girl came up to us and she was just saying, man, it's, I'm so stuck. I've realized that, you know, I thought I was the only girl that battles this. And we did a response and we saw every, every single young person respond. Now the older guy's like, phew, he's talking about young people. No, I'm not. I haven't taken the spotlight off you. I promise you right now, if, the, if, if you are a little bit sweaty and red and hot under the collar because this thing might be touching something, that is the thing that he has come to set you free from. And it doesn't have control over you. Gossip, slander, lust. None of this has power over you anymore. But the decisions that you make, and that's what we're going to get into. That's a good stuff. I'm moving along. He did this 
so that the requirement of the law, he lived in a body so that the requirement of the law will be satisfied. We who no longer follow our sinful nature, but we follow this Holy Spirit. And that looks like every single day. That looks like you will always have a decision in front of you every day, and you get to choose spirit or flesh. You get to choose, do I want to do this thing God's way, or do I want to do this thing my way? And you will always have that. And the more you choose this, the easier it gets to choose this. The more you choose this, the more you choose this, the more you choose this, and at the end is death, even for the believer. And so this is where I wanted to emphasize today. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What do you want? That's what I want. That's what I want. But what does it start with? Dominated or according to. It all starts up here. It all starts up here. It all, that is the first place that we actually fight against this. That's the first place where you choose to serve God is in your mind. You don't choose to worship when the decision is like, do you want to come forward and worship or not? That's not your moment to choose to worship Jesus. Your decision to worship Jesus was yesterday when you didn't feel like it. And so following God is a series of decisions that we make on a continual basis. It's not just that one moment of acting out. The same with sin. It's not like, oh, whoa, how did I get here? For me. Fits of rage. Anger. Lust. Those things. They want to dominate me. I have the same social media you do. I don't, but I have Instagram and I have a stalker Facebook profile. My stalker Facebook profile is like an aged in, at me and I added a mullet and I put beer as my background so no one knows me and I browse Marketplace with it. That's why I created a Facebook profile. <laughs> so you will never know it's me. If you get this random like Stephen Finkler, like you're, you're like, what? <laughs> what I'm saying is that I also have those video reels and feeds that pop up and you're scrolling and you're scrolling. I can guarantee you right now, right now, that if you browse social media today at any stage and point in time, the opportunity for lust was there. The today, before the holy moment of church, you would be in flick, 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 and then like my, my girls call it, um, when girls have a hungry bum. It's because their bum eats their, their, their swimming costume. So their butt cheeks are sticking out. It's funny, hey, because it's true. I love the fact that so often we can sit here and be like, yes, pastor, you're talking to all those eggs. That's amazing. I would love to. I'm not going to do it to you because I know you and I wouldn't want to expect. I want to set you free. I don't want to condemn you. But I'd love to have all your Instagrams. And let me just look at your, what is the algorithm feeding you? I can tell what you give attention to by what's being pushed your way. Oh, I don't know how all those bikinis got there. 
for the ladies. I don't know how the, all that lifestyle, I don't know, like, all about that big, I don't know how that got there. You know, the algorithm's just somehow really, the devil's trying to get me. No, no, no. Because there is a part of you that wants to be dominated by a sinful nature. Hopefully we're all feeling humble at this point. Not one of you sitting there are immune to this. And I'm highlighting lust because I've been wanting to talk about it for so long. Because I believe that it is the biggest pandemic that we face. If I look at our world, I can tell you that's where we're getting pulled apart at the seams. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. If your mind is there all the time, sinful, let's just recap. Sinful is not all the overtly bad things you do to everybody all the time. Sinful is missing the mark, the perfect standard that God has set for us. Sinful is when we miss the mark and said, you know what? You can find breakthrough in all of these things because if you are a believer, here's the truth, you're free. You don't have to carry on down that road. You can say no. You can choose otherwise. You can choose Jesus in that moment. When you flick and you see a hungry bum, you can, in that moment, you can choose Jesus. You can choose to not go further in your mind, in your actions, in your behavior. You can stop it and kill it right there. You can choose Jesus before it gets there. What do you mean? I know who is serious about not being dominated by the sinful nature. Because I have friends that have nothing, no internet even. Because they do not want to be dominated by that sinful nature. Because they know that if I put myself in that, that place, I'm going to make that decision. If you have a problem with alcohol, let me tell you the, the, where you shouldn't go. The bottle store or the pub. Why? Why is getting drunk such a bad thing? Why? Because of the decisions that it leads you to make. The Bible says, don't drink too much wine. Don't be full of wine, the sinful nature. Be full of the Spirit. Because alcohol will affect the decisions that you make. The same with, if you're filled with the Spirit, it affects the decisions that you make. I went and played squash yesterday with Lucas. It was amazing. We played like an hour and a half. Sorry, Wayne, I didn't invite you on purpose. Um, we played like an hour and a half. We were, I just, I'd had so many meetings this week, I was broken. And I wanted to hit something. So squash ball is a great idea. Because I don't want to be nominated by the sinful nature. And we finished playing squash and we sat down. And as we sat down, Lucas invites somebody over, a random. And I'm out. I'm an in, I don't want people right now. And he's like, oh, let my friend pray for you. Everyone he prays for gets healed. I was like, Lucas, I'm not even a Christian right now. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't want to do this right now. He's like, oh, Dan, can we pray for this guy's eye? We really trust in God to heal him. And I'm thinking, Lucas. I have no faith right now. I have, I have nothing. I need saving right now. And I, in that moment, there was a decision in front of me. What do you want to live for? 
Do you want to live for yourself? Do you want to live for your comfort? Because that road starts there, but do you know where it ends? Death. Eventually making every decision based on what's, what's, what's convenient and comfortable and good for me. Oh, I don't do this on those days. Uh, that battle, it starts in that simple decision. What am I going to choose now? Am I going to choose the spirit? Am I going to choose my sinful nature? Do you know how often you get this? When somebody does something to you and that anger, boop, what are you going to do now? When there's a sense of injustice because you get mistreated, which road do you want to go down? Because before you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't have a choice. You, just, you were just driving 600 k's an hour down this road. And every time a decision came, you're just like, whoop, jumped another stop street. And as you become a believer, it just gives us the ability to break and slow down and think about every intersection we go across. What am I choosing right now? This, this is how you follow Jesus, one step at a time. I know this is basic this morning, but I'm telling you, this is where we go wrong. We say, I want to serve Jesus. I want to give him my gifts. I want to do these amazing things for God. But how do I do it? One decision at a time. Obedience, every step of the way. That's why we follow the Holy Spirit. That means God speaking, God's presence with us. We ask God, what do you want me to do? It's not like I go to God with the big things. <laughs> I'll just see him on the mail. Hey, God, big decision coming up. will be helpful if you let me know what you think. Dink. And we come to church and like, oh, man, I'm really trusting God for a new job. That's the extent. I mean, serving Jesus is every step. When it comes to loving people, loving one another, it's easy to love some people. It's easy to love James. It is. It is. I love James, and it's very easy. It's not easy to love Nick. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Grant. Let me use Grant. I can use Grant. It's not easy to love Grant. Grant has this amazing reputation that when you see him and you speak to him in church, it's, it's, it's amazing. He's so encouraging. If you see Grant in the water when you're surfing, you don't know if you've encountered a drug dealer or a Christian. You're not quite sure. Is this a Palamon smuggler or a Christian? Uh, is it my pastor or the Palamon smuggler? I'm not sure. I'm joking. <laughs> How do I love those that are difficult for me to love? Because if I only loved the people that it came easy, it wouldn't cost very much, would it? Because then imagine if Jesus didn't love you. But he loves all of us. And we're called to love all of us. And it comes down to following, you know, we eventually make it decisions. Like eventually this becomes the crux of our, human, our Christian walk. Well, the weather's pretty good. Am I going to go to church or not today? I had a long week. I don't know if I feel like community. I've had a lot of quiet time this week. I don't think I really need X, Y, Z. No, 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 no. You're starting to head down a road where you follow Jesus based on what suits you. And there is a warning in the scripture. It's talking about you are no longer controlled. There is a sinful nature that wants to dominate the way that you think and the way that you act. 
but you choose based on the Spirit of God living inside of you. It's okay, babe. We're winning. Sure. I trust her because she would be like, eject. I want to I, I read this over to us and then I'm going to actually start to come into land and then I feel like I'd love us to respond in worship to Him and invite the Holy Spirit. We can confuse God, fill me with your spirit with a moment. I don't need a moment today. I need him to carry me through the rest of this week. You know when you come, it works the same. And forgive me if you're holier than me. I'm going to use an example that might be below you. Have you ever had that feeling where you've had such a long day? The weather's been so cooking hot. You get home, you realize you have nothing on, and you think, you know what's going to make me feel so much better right now? Imagine if I just had two cold beers. I know that that's going to relax me. I'm just going to chill out, and that's how I'm going to find my peace. And I'm saying, the decision starts there. It's as practical as in that moment, knowing that, do you know what would bring me life and peace right now? If I took just a few moments to quieten out for my day, and connect with Jesus. If I'm on my way home from work and it's been tough, and I'm, I don't have time because that's what you all tell me all the time, and I tell you too. Am I right? That's how we greet each other. How are you? Yeah, busy. How are you? Yeah, busy. It's like a badge of honor that we wear. Who is the most busiest? Am I right? How was this week? Yeah, hectic, super busy. In the meantime, I know. You know. We all know. In the same way that you can go to other things to find peace and life, this scripture is saying, come to me. In that moment, come to me. And that's how you start to walk in a way that every decision is based in the Spirit. You get there slowly. It doesn't start with the one big call, I'm going to come forward and I'm going to radically give my life for Jesus and I'll never be the same again. Well done, you made the first of 1,500 decisions this next two days. Now you have the next decision. And this is the beauty of it. It says you're not saved because of your decisions. You're saved because Jesus decided to save us. And he determined to save. That's why we're saved. But how we follow him is the decisions that we choose afterwards. The more you follow your sinful nature, the more you start to excuse it. If you're a couple, if you're not married, if you've crushed the bond sexually, you will struggle to pull that back. Why? That road that you're on leads to death. I'm not joking. It leads to death. The problem is we're flying down the road that you can't pull the handbrake up anymore. But you, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Verse 9, you are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, do you make room for the Spirit of God to live in you? And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Can I tell you this? And I want to say this like humbly and honestly. I do not watch porn. Okay, well, that's nice for you. It would be impossible if I didn't have the Spirit of God living inside of me. But it is possible to live free in a world where 96%, it is possible to live free, and it requires the Spirit of God. That's why only 4% don't. 
I am touching this thing because I'm challenging you because that thing leads to death. It'll kill you. It'll kill your walk with Jesus. You come here every week and you hide it and you hide it and you hide it under the assumption that eventually we'll just get, it'll kill you. Don't go there. You need the Spirit of God. We're, I hide stuff because I'm afraid. I was stepped down out of ministry because I hid stuff in my life because I was afraid. Because I still was living like I was married to that old husband who points out all my faults and does nothing to help me. But I have a new relationship with Jesus. And when I bring my sin to him in my weakness, he's kind. He forgives me and he removes it from me. And I never have to be the same again. And there is hope. And I am not controlled by my sinful nature because of the Spirit of God. No other reason. I can choose to be a radical Christian because I really am set free. I can worship wildly because I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I don't care if you think it's charismania. I care about Him. By my nature, I really do care what you think. I get deeply insecure. I find it tough if people make jokes at my expense. Whenever I wear shorts, Eric picks on me for my skinny legs. I'm traumatized to the point where I don't wear shorts around him anymore. No, man, I'm, I'm deeply insecure. Outside of Jesus, I'm deeply insecure. But he set me free. I don't have to live according to my insecurities. You might have the lowest self-esteem issues, and that's why you struggle to serve God and worship and do things. I'm telling you, you don't have to live like that. You can be set free. Is it okay? And Christ lives within you. Disclaimer. Even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Do you want to know what the constant reminder is that you are dying? Is sin. You are this. The one part of the sinful nature that we never get away from is this thing. It dies. Your body will die. Disclaimer, like a sad movie at the end. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. Nobody gets out of this with anything. Your nest egg, your future, your pension, your property, your job, your everything you're working for is going to go to someone else. Nobody gets out of this alive. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. How are you able to overcome? Because of the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, He lives inside of you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give you life in your body by the same Spirit living within you. You can experience God's life even in this body by the expressions of joy, hope, love, patience. The fruit of the Spirit is the outward working of the Spirit living inside of you. 
It's how the Spirit comes out your pores. That sift stuff that comes through your pores, that's not the Spirit. That's the sinful nature. The anger, the, the, the stubbornness, the, the argumentative, the always have to be right, the arrogance. That's a symptom of what's inside. Last portion. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. I don't care how monotone you are. I know some people that are rock solid stable. They don't, I'm, I'm melancholic. I'm like, woo! I want to go lie in my bed and be alone for three days. That's me. My personality is like this. I am one minute ready to take the kingdom. The next minute I'm telling my wife, babe, I just, I'm anxious. I don't know which way is up. I need Jesus. Can you pray for me? There's other moments where I'm like, let's get to church and get excited and pull. That's my person. I know some people that don't do that. Nick Sophos is a bit like this. He's either a long up or a slow down. But Nick is great. Am I right? This is Nick. Even Nick, who flatlines compared to me, even Nick, and that's a good thing, is urged by the sinful nature. It's not impulsive. It's not like there's just this moment and then they're not. And then every single one of us, there's this sinful nature that urges, but you have no obligation to listen to it. You have no obligation to live according to it. You've been set free. If you are sitting there saying it is impossible, I'm telling you now, you feel like that because the Spirit of God has not filled you up. And without Him, it is impossible. It is impossible. If you don't have a free will when it comes to sin, I'm telling you, you've, you're so far down a road of making these types of decisions. You need the Spirit of God to fill you, and you, need to have, to, you have to retrain your whole brain. You have to retrain the way that you think. And here's the warning. If you live by its dictates, the sinful nature urges you. But if you live by its dictates, you will die. I'll be honest with you. Sunningdale has blown my socks off. I am from Benoni. And you can laugh and joke about Benoni. But I have never experienced such high rates of divorce, separation, I've never experienced that in my life like I have yet. I, I knew of people in Benoni. I didn't know people. There is a culture and a norm here that wants to dictate and be the norm in your life. Marriage is sacred. You fight for that. There is no out. There is no end. If you live by the way that your sinful nature dictates, the, the preserve, save myself, look after my own needs, I'll do it, I'll take care of everything, I'm hurt, I don't trust, you will die. It says that, you will die. 
But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death those deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Landing, literally. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. We have no fear. I'm not afraid of this world. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of hell. I'm not afraid of sin. I belong to Him. You belong to Him. Terrence, can the worship team come sit down? For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we're His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if we're to share in His glory, we must share in His suffering. I'd love to land with this. Maybe we can all bow our heads. There was such an epic response last week of people saying, um, I don't have to, but I want to serve Jesus. And I really hope today that even as we say, God, I want to, we can see that it's very clear that the only way that we can serve Him is by His Spirit. Actually, you can only serve Jesus because of Jesus. You can only serve God because of God. Because God is the one who gives you His Spirit. If He doesn't give you His Spirit, this is impossible. And so we, we might go to a response afterwards. Um, we might ask guys to respond if they want to. Uh, but I would love us to sing this song together as a response to Him. And so why we would sing a song like this is because it's not because it's an emotional song. No, no, no. It's because we all want to agree in one accord. God, would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you set me on fire? And I'm trusting for the miraculous this morning. I'm trusting for the 96% that are controlled by their sinful nature in some way or form. That, that this morning you will be set free. And so for some of you, as we worship and respond, He's going to deliver you like that. And for some of you, you might need someone to pray for you. You might need help. You might need to come forward and be like, I need help. I'm struggling. I have unforgiveness. I have bitterness. I have lust. I have shame. I, have I need help. Just come. We'll pray for you. And Jesus will set you free. I'm fully confident. And so that's our two responses. The one is, would you respond to the Holy Spirit in worship? Would you ask Him to pour out His Spirit in your life and set you on fire again and affirm that you're a child of God and give you a purpose and a plan? Fill you with joy. And if you're battling, if, if that nature is winning the war at the moment, I would love to ask you to come forward so that some of us can pray for you with faith. Because sometimes we feel like the disciples and we say to Jesus, I believe you. Help my faith. Help me. Help me. I know he can, but I don't believe he will. He wants you to set you free this morning. So can we stand together? Let's respond to the Lord. This is not for anyone else. This is for Him. You find your space with Him. You process with Him. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, would you come? Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you fill us again? 
Will you fill us to overflowing where some of us are losing the battle? Would you come? I pray, Lord, your word says that there is no condemnation. Where there is, I pray that it would fall off in the name of Jesus, that our sin is not held against us. Set us free, Lord Jesus.